Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. Alrighty, folks, Joe Snedeker here. Woo! Fake excitement. And I am Mr. Curiosity. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you who I'm curious about now. And this is no joke. EJ the DJ. Real oh, name. Right. What's the real name? EJ Doer. It's EJ Doer. 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 And yeah, that, like sounds the, like a, that, that sounds like a, like an inspirational name. Like this guy's a doer. Yeah. Well, or, or scotch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. Doers. <laughs> but it's, it's, it, it, it's actually, it's actually spelled differently. Yeah. How you been? Okay. I've been fantastic. So I, I just want to let everyone know why we're doing this. Here's my inspiration. I try to pluck out of the region, interesting people. People who are alive, people who are vibrant, people who are doing. Sometimes- As opposed to the mortician that you interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, so that was, I've been curious what about. What did that I draw? I drew, drew the big straw. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, were you always curious about mortician stuff your whole life? Like, guess what? My my good friend Frank Adamo is a mortician, and uh, uh, he has taken a few of us in his time on calls. And uh, and uh, not that we wanted to go, but uh, his his life is pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, pretty, I find, pretty interesting. I find more. It's, it's actually fascinating. It I is. mean, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. That's what I mean. All I know do. is that somebody someday is going to do that. I know. <laughs> you know, like no one, no one is going to meet. Like not everyone's going to meet somebody. But guess what? That guy is going to meet you. Isn't that weird? And that and, and you block that out. Don't you do what I do? It's like you don't I, I, think about it. I always it. block it out. And that, I know, but you know that you're going to be on someone's table and they're going to be draining your blood. It just, it, it freak, it's it's like not it's, even comprehensible. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting off topic. All right. <laughs> well, I, I do want to tell you that I watched I watched you and Mindy today. And I, this is the thing that 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 I love the most about you, Joe, is that is that I am, uh, you know, the sky's always, always, always blue for me. I, I, I try to be the most positive guy in the world. And, and I see your forecasts all the time and you're, you're always, you're, and this, this I thought of years ago. I said, boy, Snedeker would have loved a job in Southern California. I said, they wake up and they go, well, there might be a cloud at like two. <laughs> it is so it is so easy to be uh you know doing the forecast plus they have all those crazy names too like like stormy weather is the guy's name or or you know rain uh josh rains like yeah, that's but, not uh, but that's if you'll notice but if you'll notice something about all those west coast tv people they all have uh perfect uh hair and teeth and they uh and the women are all fake plastic. Yeah. So that's not my style. I don't like they're them. all bronzed up too. Yeah. I hate, I hate I hate fake anything. That's why right. you gotta stay positive and you gotta stay real. But you're right, the universe brought us together because you're an a positive, enthusiastic guy. And I that's, Thanks, that's the main reason. Thanks, I love life. I love are you, life. Are you like me? Like when you went negative cranky people, it's like just stay away. Like I don't I don't even know how to deal with that. There's there's a there's a guy that's on Facebook and me and me and another guy are like, so he's so positive. Uh, and his name is Vinny. He owns the V spot. Uh, oh, he's okay. he's a, such an inter- interesting guy, but he is Mr. Positive. He's like Prozac. Like he's, he's unbelievable. Like, should I get him? Just, on? 
Oh, he's fantastic. You would love him. You would love him. He's so he's 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 great. All right. Well, he's, let's... he's a Western field guy. But the thing is, is that we we always say, hey, look what he put this guy put on our face. It's always like the world. The dun, dun, boom, 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 boom. You know, the, the the whole thing from the price is right. That music. We always do that. The so down is in, in a positive way. Correct. He's 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 <laughs> Mr. Positive. Well, before we talk about your history, I'd like to first tell everyone, just because maybe they're saying, I don't know if I'm going to want to listen to this podcast. Who is this guy? What's he do? Why is he relevant in my life? Could you sell yourself in one minute? Well, I think my life has been chapters, like film and television, little politics, then uh, back to moving back to Scranton, Pennsylvania and starting a DJ business 25 years, 25 years, 24 to be precise, 24 years ago. And, and just selling myself to the community and, and, and doing what's best. Like there's so many, the greatest thing about DJing is that you hit so many different parts of Northeast Pennsylvania and, and pretty much, I mean, I've done weddings as far as Virginia beach. Uh, I've done weddings in, uh, a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals used to fly me to California to do his New Year's Eve party. It was and it was so much fun and all. You know, you you get all different uh, uh, types of people that you you deal with, and I, I'm I'm really really interested in what what I found my niche in with DJing is is this special needs children, um, which I love, and anybody that's a veteran stuff like that they're they're the people that are are really like eventually i was just i was just telling that i want to do my own podcast with uh my and my partner would be mike christ who is a who's a down syndrome kid who is extremely intelligent he's from the peckville area and he's a great kid you know so that's that's one of my next pet projects See, folks, if, also, you're not, if you're not sold on listening to this yet, then come on, right? That's enough of a sell right there. He's a DJ, but you got a you got an interesting arc to your life. So that's what we we have to jump on that arc. Oh, okay. And then we're gonna go through uh, all the trials and tribulations you've been on. All right. First of all, are you one of those guys you're not gonna tell your age? Where were you born? No. Give me the hospital. Give me the I'm date. Not. Give it to me, baby. I was born August tenth, nineteen sixty two. So. I'm 59 years old, and uh, August 10th, I'll be 60, and I'm excited about that. I think you look pretty good for your age, although I don't know if you have your face, uh, your your uh, Nothing. your Nothing. camera on. Yeah, you have the smooth out lens, I think, on. You have the Diane Sawyer camera on. It hides your wrinkles. Is that what's happening now? Uh, no. Oh, I, all I, I swear to God. <laughs> I, I heard somebody. I heard somebody say, "Well, how do you keep your complexion?" I said, "I don't wash my face that much. Keep the oils. <laughs> keep the oils in, baby." Right. I don't. I don't know what it is. And and every time I work out, I go into the steam room. That's that's. I don't know what it is, but but I hopefully I keep my youth. But that's right, okay. So so it it doesn't. My age does not bother me. My, I you know when the people hide their age and when they cover up their scars and when they get work done, it's a turnoff for me. It's like. What are you afraid of? Just be yourself. Be real. Right. This is all I ask exactly. from people. Be real. Exactly. And, that, and, and the thing is that no one ever, no one ever really, really asked me. Like the kids, the same kids that I, I deal with since they're, since they're small. And the, I did an elementary school the other day. I like that music. You know, I like some of that hip hop stuff. And I like the new, I like like, uh, 
You I know, think you're a dad I, rocker like me. Yeah, I like that. I like it. And I don't mind. Like, I, I wasn't a big country guy. And then all of a sudden, when I start DJing, I said, boy, this is good. You know, I like some of this country stuff. You know, and I liked One Direction when they were out. Like, I went to see One Direction. So I've seen from I've seen Springsteen 15 times. But I've seen I, 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 I saw One Direction. Like, I would go see them. I would go see, you know, Kelly Clarkson, stuff like well, that. Well, I think I, that's, I, the, that's the key. When you, when you immerse yourself in something, then you become uh, interested in it, right? You expand your yes. horizons. But anyway, who were your mom and dad? Born where? Scranton area, you said here? Dad were born in Scranton, Pennsylvania. My mother is Martha. Martha Dewar, UNESCO. She's in UNESCO. And then the UNESCOs are uh, where... All her brothers were big umpires in the area, and uh, uh, my father's name was Duke Duke Dewar, and Duke he was a Dewar. Very, Duke Dewar was a very popular man. He died in two thousand, but uh, he he uh, interesting story. He was always always joking around. He was the funniest man you could ever 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 imagine, and even to the day that that he died, it's like the doctor said we were all in there, we were crying, and and I go. And doctor goes, you know, we're just going to make you comfortable, Duke, right? And he said, and Duke turns and he goes, well, guys, get the suits pressed because dad's coming home. Like right to the end, he was just, and at his funeral, at his funeral, we he loved Sinatra, who we met, him and I met him in, in, in Atlantic City. It was a, That's another crazy story. You're getting, but, uh, yeah, you're getting ahead. We got to keep the art going. So, here. I love it. so he, uh, so at his funeral, we did we did it. We kicked it out and had a DJ at, at the gravesite and kicked it out to New York, New York. Get out of here. Yeah, it was awesome. It was what did awesome. he do for a living? My father was a mailman. Is that right? Yeah, my mom was the secretary for the Scranton Housing Authority. So you have any uh, siblings? Who did you grow up with? I have, I have a, uh, I have a, my sister who lives in Virginia Beach, who I'm extremely close to. Her name is Nancy, and my brother. My brother Mark is the is the head of maintenance for Lackawanna County, uh, and my brother Pat just passed away two years ago, fifty five years old, with beautiful children, good guy. He uh, had some lung conditions. We had we had a huge huge benefit up at at, at, at Montage that thousands, maybe five thousand people came to, and he was my he was my business partner. But uh, miss him terribly. But I talk to him every day. He's he's. You know, what a what a positive guy he was. So you're growing up with these siblings and you have middle class roots and uh public school guy? Public school guy. I went to John Adams, uh kindergarten to sixth grade, then I went to North Scranton Junior High School. And that was probably there was little plays at um, at John Adams and then and then at North Scranton, Miss Palutas did the did all the plays, which my daughter McKay and Olivia, and they're very, very artsy and they're athletic. They play softball. My, my wife is a teacher. My wife Penny is a teacher, mathematics teacher. So, are you just uh, using her for her benefits? Is that what's going on? I think I, what did you say earlier? Be honest, PJ. <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> No, no, I love my wife. To that she's awesome. I can't, I can't. So when you were in high school, when you're like a tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade, what were you, what were you like? What were you thinking? What am I going to do for my life? Do you, were you were you like a studly athletic guy? Were you like a drama guy? Yeah, were you a nerdy guy? Like, I can sum it up like we'll, we'll go back to North Scranton. There was like the Wiz, and then 
uh, the Wizard of Oz. We did uh, we did a Gypsy. So I was in those plays, but it was almost like athletics got in the way of my my acting and performing career. So uh, I would juggle that all the time, juggle that all the time. And back then, it wasn't like it wasn't cool to be in the play or into chorus. So I went to when I went to Scranton Tech. This Miss Mobley came up to me. And she goes, "Oh, I came to the play, and you're not a bad singer, and you're not a bad actor. I want you to come in and join the chorus." And I was like, "No way!" Like, and then I didn't think. And she says, "There's a lot of chicks there in chorus." <laughs> so, of course, I went. I went, and I joined, and I was the only guy. I was the only guy in chorus. So I thought, okay, it's fine. We're in class. No one has to see me. I'm not going to be exposed. Now, your grade was. Your grade was showing up at the Christmas concert. So I go, Miss Mobley, you know, I'm not going up on stage with all the girls. This and that. She goes, it's your grade, DJ. So uh, I remember football practice. First of all, the, the, the camera, the curtains opened up and a bunch of my guys in the audience were laughing because you could see me. I'm, I'm like an olive in a martini sticking out up, like up in the corner. I said, at least put me in the corner. I had a brown suit. I wore that brown suit for three years and uh, everything went fine. The whole thing. But then now I'm walking down the football practice and they're like really busting my buttons. But my football coach stood right in front of everybody. It's got us in a circle and said, if I hear one guy say something about E.J. Dewar, you're out of here. He goes, he has more guts than any one of you to go up on stage with everybody. So no, that was right. killed. That's that was a killed. statement for the time, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was crazy. It was crazy. And, it was and crazy. I know what you mean for, 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 for a lot. For my, I'm only a few years younger than you. And right. yeah, you're right. Well, that was like a girl thing. That was that was like a girl thing. I know what yeah. you mean, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. like, I, I would go to like, I would go to like basketball games and stuff like that, and I would see like there would be male cheerleaders in high school, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool! Like, you have the guts to go out there." There was a kid over at West, and he was a tough, tough, tough kid, but he was also the lead in the plays over at West, and he was a he was a, like a district wrestler. So no one ever would say anything to him, but I wasn't that pick on the guy. But this kid was was unpickable on. You yeah, know what I mean, so I mean, I still did the plays, but here's what ended up happening: is that my uh, we did Mary Poppins, we did Mary Poppins, and then we did Greece at Tech. So like, so in high school, what was awesome is that I got all the football players in Greece to play the other guys. So they all they all were like way into it. So then it was like then it was like it was like it was so cool to to be in the play because now we filled the house and and Miss Amabili said to me and and uh, uh, I don't think of his name again. Our, our director, he was a wonderful guy. And he'll kill me if he's listening to this podcast that I forgot his uh, Mr. Hopkins. Mr. Hopkins is awesome. He was just way over the top. He loved, like, he was always like this kind of guy, you know, all, like, all over the place. So uh, Mr. Mobley came up to me after the play and said, you changed the culture here at Tech personally by getting those kids to getting those football players. Next year, she had 12 guys. 
See that? You're blazing trails, brother. You're blazing yeah, it was, trails. It was great. And to this day, you, you, you get on to, you know, we have a great course over at West Scranton, and, and we have a fabulous course program at Scranton High, and, and those teachers are, are tremendous. And I try I try my best to get to all the plays. And, but does and, that uh, mean, so, so if I'm trying to get into your history here, does that mean that you were somehow, uh, you had this, this thespian inside, and you oh, wanted, did no, you, that, so you, what were you thinking? Actor? Were you thinking movie star? Were you thinking actor, and I always wanted to do, I wanted to be, I wanted to do film so bad. Like people are like, Hey, do you want to do soap opera? I said, just, no, I just want to do film. I love, I'm so intrigued with film. And, and, and we'll get to that in a minute because now I'm playing baseball. I'm playing baseball. So now I go to Lackawanna to play baseball. I get a scholarship there to play baseball. I said, well, here we go. I'm going to Lackawanna, but there's no theater at Lackawanna at the time. We're actually what Farley's was, was where Lackawanna is, was. Yeah. And yeah. not Farley's. It's not even Farley's anymore. And next door was Lackawanna. So I, as soon as I got there, we were in Canada playing, playing baseball. And I was like, this is awesome. Like playing baseball up in Canada. And it's like, now here I am trending into like, I got to go, I got to get to the batting cages every single solitary. So everything has shifted, everything shifted. So my, anything, with, anything that I did, like say performance wise was being, drunk doing karaoke somewhere you know what i mean <laughs> so like that was put on the back burner i uh, see you by so, the way what third base up batting sixth no i was a catcher i was a catcher and i totally moved up the lineup by the by the time my sophomore year at, at Lackawanna, i was hitting fourth or fifth I was. nice so was you're so you're a great ball player and you're this you're this energetic guy you're this performer and so what would you end up settling on at Lackawanna, though? What was your major? What were you studying? Well, well I got an associate's degree, which was mainly about two years older. It was. In business. In business. Okay. Uh, but you didn't no, know what I, to do. You didn't know what you I wanted. didn't. I didn't know what to do. Even towards the tail end, I was like, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to go on? I was going to go down to to uh, a school in uh, Florida Atlantic University at university. They were just, it was their first year of their baseball program. So they were asking me and this other kid from, from Lackawanna to come down there and, and play. And I just kind of let the summer go. And so I didn't do it. So now when go you're ahead. in your early twenties, what happens? What are you doing for a living? So I'm working at Cooper seafood house. I started, Jeez. I started waiting tables. I started waiting tables at Cooper Seafood. <laughs> now, do you know those guys or was it just uh, a Jack and I are, I mean, we're, we're like brothers, Jack, Jack, Paul, Mark, and Steve and, and Matt. Like I grew up with Matt, but Jack and I, Jack and I are extremely tight. I'm telling you, there's not two, three days a week. We, we talk on the phone. They're, they're on one of my, if, if for, for our listeners out there, I, I did a podcast with the whole Cooper's crew. Those guys, I love them. It's not even, it's beyond love. It's something, they're just oh, great dudes. They, Paul Cooper is the biggest crybaby in the world. Because I'm a crybaby. <laughs> I'm a crybaby. Like, like, I just remember when his kid was born, his name was Cody. And I used to call him Code Blue. Because he had to go right to the, he was in the hospital for like the first two months. And blah, 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 all that stuff. So when you say crybaby, baby, you're talking about an emotional caring guy. Exactly. 
Exactly. Not not a crybaby about it. He's not a whiner. Right. But okay. Jack Jack is more of the businessman, but but he has a he has a really great side to him with a, with a big heart. And uh, they kind of took me under under their wing earlier. And like like uh, it's funny that like the first time I met you, you go yeah, because you saw me up, up at Lakeland or something, and they were. I don't know. They were yeah, taking yeah, me to yeah, a wall. Yeah, yeah. They were taking me to a wall. I remember that or something like that. Yep. Did they take me to the wall up there? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I, I, I kind of was like, was like, you said uh, he's like a sweaty, sweaty dad. <laughs> it was funny. It's because like I go, I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Jack like took me under my wing, and they used to just like go. Oh, Hey, you got to get real nice clothes. You got to take, you know, not that I didn't have nice clothes. I just took what I needed to take care of myself better, like care how I looked all the time. So, you know, I was very, so I stayed at Cooper's for nine years. And a uh, matter of fact, I opened their restaurant in, in Pittston. And then that's when I moved to California after I told Whoa. Jack, this is, my, this is my last year. Okay. So stop right there. Your entire 20s. You're working at Cooper's. Yeah. Are you getting I'm married? Still, are you are you having kids? Oh, or not, married. Married. not married. I met my I met my bride uh, at the downtown athletic club. We used to play racquetball, and I knew my wife Penny is from Westside. She's a graduate over there, and she's she's good, very very athletic herself. And and uh, you know, we met down at the downtown athletic club, and and uh, we just hit it off from there. But the thing about our, our love and our relationship is that I lived in California for the better half of seven years and, she, and we still had this long distance relationship, which was, what was, which was awesome. Well, wait, so you gotta, you gotta stop cause you're losing me. So your entire twenties, you're working at Cooper's. Right. And when, when you were like 26, 27, 28, no offense to Cooper's, but were you thinking, I don't know, I want to do something with my life. Uh, well, and were you living at home? Where were you living? I was living at home. I was living at home. You're one of those guys. You're at home in the basement yeah, yeah, was, until you're 30 years I old. I wasn't. I was. I was clinging to my mother because she was like she. she not that I didn't want to get out. She enjoyed my company. You know. I, listen, like, I, I stayed home until I was 27 too. I think guys like us. I had great but, parents, and she wanted me there too. My mother. Yeah, this yeah. is great. I have a job. My mother's still, yeah. you know, pressing my bed sheets. Why wouldn't I? It was. A warm, positive experience. And what was I doing on the outside? It wasn't just that Cooper's go home. It was, I was playing on a travel softball team. Okay. Fast pitch softball team. And we traveled all around. We won two state championships. And we went to the national champ, played in Spokane, played in Hialeah, Florida, played in uh, in, in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It was, and they were great, great, great times all the way up. And, and then I said, you know, this is it. So the, at the tail end of Cooper's, I started to date my wife. And it was like such a, because I had set in stone that I was moving to California. Yeah, and, why that? Why? What's your plan? Why California? What were you thinking? Because I was thinking that film, going back oh, to my story. Oh, so you're still pushing film. that. I love it. I film, love it. I wanted to do film. So like film is LA, you know. Also, I remember when I used to wake up when I was about seven or eight years old, and the Knicks, the Knicks were playing the Lakers, I, and I would get, and it would be on at like twelve thirty at night, yeah, because they they were playing so late, and uh, I would, I would turn it on. Everything was yellow, like the Lakers are yellow, and the people in the stands were tan and beautiful, and everybody, like there's, 
to be honest with you, Joe, there's like two ugly people in, in LA. Like, <laughs> That's and, the and time I like, was there. No, we were two, and there was two fat people. And when I got off the plane, I was the other fat person. <laughs> but then I got, I said, you know what? I got, I trimmed down. I got, I got to where, you know, where I, I was wearing. Well, wait. So you just went out there. I mean, is it the old story? I just got a suitcase, filled it, and went out west alone and started doing commercials or pitching yourself like or less. But I will tell you what, Jason Miller, God bless him. I taught. He was friends with my my uncle John. And I got to know Jason through a couple plays and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, so I went to him and I, and I was talking to him and, and we went out a few times and he's, he was a fun guy to go out with. Cause the last, the one thing that about, about Jason is the last thing he ever wanted to talk about was, was movies and stuff like that. Well, sure. When you do it for a living. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was do it. all about Notre Dame football. And, and I didn't know how, how much of a, star he was till i moved to la and he got me he got me into this acting school out there and and it, when when i was in the acting school the thing was what it was is you do scenes you do scenes for six weeks and then they fill they guarantee it they film uh then they bring film and uh agents to try to get you an agent so there was, so I walk into this class, Walter Rainey, who just passed away. He was in tons and tons of movies and he was close to Jason and Jason Patrick, who was, who was uh, Miller's son. Okay. Like Jason Patrick, people don't know his, his real name is Jason Patrick Miller. But, uh, and he was in Speed and, and all those great movies. He, he, he's done a ton of, ton of good movies, but he would come to the, he would come because him and Walter were very, very close. And. The funny, the greatest, one of the greatest stories is he was dating Julia Patrick. I mean, Julia, uh, oh God, Julia Roberts at the time. So Walter tells me who didn't drive. He didn't drive. Walter tells me the director of the, of the program. He goes, come pick me up right now. I'm like, Walter, I'm like 40 minutes away. I live down in, I live down near Anaheim. So I had to drive up to drive up to LA as fast as I can, pick them up. And we're going to, to, we went to see Casablanca at, at Warner brothers. So I walk in, I walk in. Oh, we go to the house and he knocks on the door and Jason Patrick answers the door. He's like, what's up, Walter? He goes, I'm all set. Walter's gone. And Walter was an ad duck. So uh, he goes, okay, we're all set. Right. And he goes, he goes, Hey, EJ, nice to meet you. My dad told me a bunch about a bunch of things about you. Come on, we're gonna to go to the movies. So here's here's who's in the movie there. I don't even know if I watched it. I was so nervous because here's Julia Patrick, Julia Julia Roberts with Jason Patrick, two of their other friends, and me and Walter, and they're sitting behind us. So before now, the guys getting the the movie set all uh, the the real all set up, but it was a private because they can't go to the like. Julia Roberts at the time, she can't go to the movies. She'd get mocked. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're sitting there talking, and here comes Jason Patrick out with two cases of beer. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. Right? <laughs> so now everybody's loosening up, and they're talking, this and that. And and it was like, uh, it was a great night. And, and, and like, gave her a hug before I left. It was nice to meet you. Never saw her again because they broke up. But. I was going to say, so if you're, if you're out West and you're, you're mixing it up and you have a slight in and you're with these big Hollywood types, 
Um, why didn't it, did it ever come close to taking off? Did you ever get off the launch pad or no? I did, I did uh, 26 national commercials. I get did, out of here. Yeah, I did. Th I did about three. I did a lot of film, but. And that's another story. Within but itself. did they say right off the bat, were people encouraging like, like EJ, you got it, man. We're, we're going to, cause you, you almost like a John Goodman type. I can see you. Like, did they say that? Did you? When, did you I, when, I, when I first did that, when I first did the, uh, the, remember I said with the agents, there was people there for six years, Joe, uh -huh. no agent, no agent, six years there. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, am I going to be sitting here for six years waiting to get an agent? I do the scene with this other guy who was on NYPD. He's on NYPD Blue. Excellent actor. Forgot his name. Because it's 20, it's almost 25. Right, yeah. Years ago. Some of these guys, I forget their names. So Don Gurler's in the audience. And he walks up to, walks up to, and he points at this one kid who was horrific. <laughs> and I'm going, oh my God, he's pointing to, to Stanley. He's terrible, right? He's terrible. He goes, he goes, oh, who's Stanley? He goes, no, that other guy next to him, next to that guy. And he grabs, he grabs Walter's hand and he points to me. So he comes over and I go, I go, yes, he goes, I'm Don Gurler, who's like it's this huge agency. And right. Valley. He goes, I want you to come down Monday. I'm going to sign you. I was there six months and I got signed with an agent. The thing is, is that, and, and here, what was the downfall? Is that I was so inexperienced. I was so, I was trying, and if I could give anybody an advice who wants to be an actor, that the worst thing you can do is act. Don't ever act. Just be, be your, read be yourself. It, get into it, be, just be yourself. Just be yourself. So, I mean, the first 60 auditions, I was going to, I was not even going to get callbacks. Because you were trying to be something you're not. You were just playing a role. I was absolutely. I was trying to be. And I went to Carol D'Andrea. And, and Carol D'Andrea is one of the biggest acting schools in, in, in the U.S. She teaches in New York and in. I hope I'm not boring. It was just, is this, this. No, why? Did, no, I have a, did I have a boring gesture? No, 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 no. So I went to her and uh, we, I Matter of fact, I walk into her house and she says, sit down. We're sit." She goes, so I sit down in a chair. She goes, no, we're sitting on the floor, <laughs> which was weird. She was in, she was in West Side Story. Wow. Her and Rita Marino like this. And uh, within 20 minutes, within 20 minutes, she has me bawling crying. She stripped me apart, knew my family background, knew everything about me, knew every single solitary thing of my weaknesses well what do you mean so what was her point why did she what because she needed she needed to tell me to get rid of all that stuff to to just the reason why you're here is because who you are don't try oh. to be don't try to be somebody else oh. don't try don't don't ever try to be some and i was always trying to be somebody else or trying that's to good advice somebody. for anybody at any time yeah, yeah. unless you're but jeffrey dahmer yeah, exactly. But then, but so, but then, but then, why didn't after that moment? Why don't you take off and become a big star? And then, well, here's what I did. So now I with I uh, I meet an athletic agent, and that's when everything went crazy. I start doing commercials for uh, the athletic agent is sending me out on Budweiser. Like I did six national commercials at Dodger Stadium. 
So I'm in the Dodgers uniform. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great. I did. uh, And I have a great story. Do you care if I tell you the great story about the drop the beer? It's your time, buddy. We're getting close. But yeah, you squeeze it in. Okay. Uh, So let me, I'll tell the film story first. So I meet a guy. I'm just going to let the dog out. I'll be right back. He was only five feet away from me. So what? So what? Let's hear it. Oh, this is, I'm really getting close. Like auditions, I'm coming back. Like I'm down to the lap. Like when you walk into a place, there's a stack, say it's the the actor's name, like Chaz or something like that. And then every week you go back and the the stack gets smaller and smaller and smaller because you're down to the lap. So I'm like four for auditions to um but is that uh, nervous when you're doing auditions the butterflies the nervous the fun the fun they look there and the three guys in there they all look like you (laughs) the guys who are sitting next to you they all look they all they all the same body type the same face and that um uh uh i was down to uh, me and another guy for america's most wanted once it was it was it was awesome but and then i didn't get that and then the uh the sean Sean Penn film. I, it was me and another guy, and I didn't get it. And, and here's the thing about not getting it: they don't call you up and go, "Hey, Ege, you didn't get it." <laughs> you know, it's not that. It's they just don't call you. Is that right? Right. So you're waiting. You're waiting. Yeah, you're just waiting. Life's passing yeah. by. The bills are piling up. Right. Exactly. So I was working in a restaurant there, and and uh, that's funny because you used to say that was the big thing in LA. It's like that uh, is. You're an actor, yeah. So, what restaurant do you work at? You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Where, where are you waiting tables? Because everybody waits tables. Everybody there is an actor and, and, and waits tables. And at the same time, all it takes is the right person to find you, put you in a movie, could have been a, a, a side spot in The Big Lebowski, and then you're a big star. You, I, I mean, not that you're not a big star, but you could have been. Right. It's all yeah, and, 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 and at the end of the day, when we're, when we're done, I'll tell you, because it was time. It was time to come home. You know, Weasel, Wazzle, Wazzle, Wong. Time for this one to come home. Remember that ah, little tutor, cartoon? Tutor the Turtle. One of my inspirations. Like, be just what you is, not what you is not. Folks who exactly. do this are the happiest lot. Yes. 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 So I was Tutor the Turtle. So, uh, I mean, slowly, <laughs> slowly moving along. <laughs> How so, many uh, years there? I was there for seven years. Seven years. But I loved it. I lived in Calabasas. And uh, I lived right by like the Kardashians and it, it's such a rich area. And I only lived there because my roommate was Paul Fryer, who was from Southside. And he was a, he was the uh, he was the scout for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he's with the Boston Red Sox. He has a World Series ring. Great guy. So him and I, him and I so I would go on audition after audition after audition. So I'm down to the last two for this movie called Sliding Home, uh, which was the Marksman. Originally, then they changed the name to Sliding Home. So I was down to the last two, and I remember going down, and Steve Canale from Dallas. Remember Steve Canale? He was, he played, um, he was, um, but anyway, he was, he was big, big in that. He made all his money in that, in that, in that, that show. So he was the director. So I get a call, and, um, and this one guy who dropped out, and I'll think of his name anyway, he did a, He's he's passed away. This actor he did Twister, um, 
he was the lead in Twister, but he left our film to do Twister. So that opened up the part back. So they had it down to me and another guy. So the other guy was in and he gets, he walks out. He's first, he walks out and he leaves. Okay. So I'm sitting there and I walk in, I walk in, I do the part that's for that. Right. So I sit down and he goes, and Steve goes, we're going to offer you the part, EJ. He said, do you, do you have, do you have, do you have anything to do for the next six weeks? We're filming in Wisconsin and your flight leaves Saturday. This was on Thursday. Your flight leaves Saturday because we're starting to film on Monday. Starting to film on Monday. And I was like, you know what I said to him? Can I call my mom? <laughs> he said, you could call your mom. You could call your dad. You so what, what happened? Mom. Did you meet Bill Paxton? Did this happen? What, what went down? No, I, I did the march with he, he the other actor went and did Twister. Oh, I saw it. I'm sorry, sorry. So I was doing I was doing the marksman. So 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 I said, yeah. So I went immediately, drove up uh, the 101. I went to my work at Finn's, walked in, and got my schedule cleared for almost two months in case there was in case there was things that we ran into. And we ran into another week. This is it. This is it. This is it. And I remember going down to LAX, getting on the plane and flying to, to uh, Wisconsin. And I got, I got off the plane and there was a guy there holding a thing saying EJ Dewar on it. Oh my God. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I'd like chills were going up my back. And, and uh, so I walk in and guess who the first person I meet? Who is it? Marty Cove, Martin Cove from Karate Kid. Get right? out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So so the him and I became friends, and uh, he's on Cobra Kai now. Did you see, have you seen Cobra Kai? No, have I don't watch it? that. No, I don't watch much. No, I'm I'm no. I'm, I'm I mean, too busy. You're, but I, this is your world. This is your world. You're in bed by eight. <laughs> but uh, uh, so that film goes well. Martha Byrne was in it for Master <laughs> World Turn. She won four. She won best. Well, wait a minute. So stop it though. So you're in this film? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How long? How we big? opened it? We oh, I was the second lead. In the, in the movie. So did it did do we well? Is it well known? Uh, I don't know. If, I, think it was, I think it was on the West Coast flight. <laughs> on the flight a couple times. We opened the movie here in Scranton. But so now I got to know. All right. So here's where it gets nosy. You get a movie you get like you get, you get a movie like that. What kind of money you make? Well, uh, I had enough to pay for a while. My honey, What's I it is it hundreds know, of thousands? You're getting tens. If you hear that noise, there's something going on with my washer. Tens of uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands for one movie. No, 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 no less than a hundred. Okay, but uh, but I mean, you're only there for six weeks, and I, yeah. I, I'll tell you, so, I'll tell you something about. Uh, of course, it's of course it's about you know you're 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 making money, but I made more money in commercials than I ever did in the film. I was going to say, what's a typical commercial pay? One sixteen-second commercial or whatever. I don't know. I'll tell you this: that I made about ten grand on a, on an IKEA commercial, right? I did the IKEA commercial, and then they had the writer strike right towards the end, which was a good thing for me. Because now they can't they can't do any other, so they ran it for two years. So I was there one one day. I made seventy grand. Oh my god! One day, 
So, so what are you doing in the Ikea commercial? Let's see it. Do your, do your spiel. <laughs> <laughs> what are you like a background shopper? Or are you like the guy no, who says I, Ikea? I, I was a, I was at Dodger right. stadium. They put the, they put all the uh, furniture, the fur, like we're, they shoot the shot of us in the, in the, in the dugout. And we're like, these benches are, these benches are terrible. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden they, they put all the Ikea furniture in the, in the uh, dugout. So you were the guy like complaining at first and then the next scene you're all. No, this is, no, this is where it's at. You get <laughs> Every every dugout should be like a Ikea. Oh, I see. That's pretty cool. I yeah. thought you'd have all that ready to go. We're gonna have to research that. I'm gonna I wanna I wanna see yeah, that. Look it up. And I also did a curing curing beer commercial uh in, in Japan with I did it with a Hideki Nomo, the picture for the Dodgers at the time. But their beer is in cans. And I mean in a coffee, curing coffee. You know, curing beer. They have Kieran coffee and it's in cans. The coffee's in the cans at the time, but it was never heard of coffee in the can back then. Like yeah. you, you put money in the machine and uh, this one is wearing out. So I wear this one once in a while. Now. Switching hats. Yeah. So uh, you're like John Candy so twitching around back there. You're right. <laughs> All right. So, so when do you, when do you say I had enough? When is that one day where you say, okay, I'm going back home. Let me just tell you the finishing story of the, of the, uh, I'm doing the Budweiser commercial, and you probably saw it before. The, the guy's carrying the beer, and you hear the crowd yell, drop. Then you hear the guy yell, drop the beer. And he doesn't drop the beer. It hits him in the head, the ball, right? <laughs> so I'm the catcher in that commercial, right? But we did something. My, my uh, Robbie Robinson, who was my, who was my agent, had a whole bunch of athletes. And... We always did the commercials, any kind of sporting commercial, whether it was lacrosse, it was tennis or whatever. We were always in those commercials. So we get to Dodger Stadium and we would throw the ball around. We loved it there. It was so, it was so free to go there, right? Playing on that field, the field was immaculate. They got a new, they got a joke, they got a new groundskeeper, right? So as soon as we get there, he goes, get off the field, right? And we're like, where do you get off the field? Just get off the field. So we go down the sides and we're throwing the ball on the sides. I told you guys, get off the field. So matter of fact, he made us spray paint our sneakers black and they paid us a hundred dollars each to just spray paint our sneakers black to go get new, new sneakers. Cause he didn't want any spikes on the field. Oh, like, this no. guy's a jerk. He was such a jerk. Right. Yeah. But I always would bring my pillow and cover with me so I could sleep in the dugout while they're shooting the, they're shooting the scenes from the stands. So there's thousands and thousands of people there in the stands. And now they're shooting the stand, stand scene. So I'm not in the stand scene, but they're going to go back and do the, do the field scene. So I'm laying there and I hear, get off the field. Right. And I'm going, I'm, and I'm at Dodgers and I'm in the dugout looking out and there's nobody on the field. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm dozing off, dozing off. Get off the field! He's yelling. What is he talking about? What is this person talking about? I'm trying to get a rep. I got about two hours before they start filming my scene again, right? I'm laying down, sleeping, so you like, get off the field! I run out of the dugout, right? And I go, nobody's on the effing field, right? And the director turns around and goes, EJ, we're saying drop the beer. Not get off the field. <laughs> so I go, so I go like this. I go, I go, 
I go, okay, I'll, I'll just be right under here if anybody needs me. If anybody needs me, I'll be right under here. I thought there was because that guy kept saying get off the field. So the kid, the, the, I, the film was rolling, and you're just down there sleeping. I was down there sleeping. <laughs> you go, EJ. We're saying drop the beer, not get off the field. <laughs> Hey, it's an innocent mistake. It's an innocent mistake. Was so I was like, hey, okay, okay, okay. No worries. And then we'll go back to the go back to the marchman when I was filming with the marchman. My, uh, Steve Canelli and I became really good friends from Dallas. And uh, he thought it was pretty witty, like to think think of things real fast. And Marty Cove is out there yelling at the umpire in the scene, right? So he goes, EJ, think of something funny to say, right? So and now the camera's rolling and they're doing a wide shot. So Marty's out there yelling this and that. And I go, get off the field. You look like the guy from Karate Kid. Right? Everybody in the audience and the were all laughing. And I was kidding, right? And Marty called turning and goes, that's not funny. That is not funny at all. Right? So that, so, so, uh, Canelli comes over to me and he goes, EJ, that was real funny. We can't use it, but it's, that was very funny. Because everybody was in the stands. They're all like so nervous to be around Marty Cole. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a human being. <laughs> That's why I always tell, I, 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 I uh, what's his name from uh, the, uh, oh God, at Cooper's the time he was by you. Uh, uh the potato guy, uh, uh, Mr. Tom, Mrs. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, Tommy oh, T, man. yeah, Mr. T, I'll take, uh, uh, okay, where were we? Well, as I say, so anyway, let's say, you know, your seven years, it sounds like a great experience out west, though, right? Oh, it's fabulous. But then it's you, you, you said this is drying up, I gotta come home. Something like that? Did a moment happen? Well, the thing was is that I, I loved my wife so much. And, you know, and I loved Scranton. And here's well, you weren't married about, at the time, were you? No, no, we weren't. We weren't. Well, you're dating long distance. You can't date. Long distance. And it was, and it was getting. thousand miles was, away? Yeah. And it was getting, it was getting to the point, like, you know, I was getting older. I was almost, I was 35 when I got married. So. Like, no kids getting to that point like no kids her bi biological clock is tick 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 tick, 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 tick. I, got, I got the i got i got no better person to marry than than this this girl who's understands every every flaw in my life you know like where do you restart that you yeah. know what i mean you don't restart that anywhere so i said you know what it's time it's you time home, you know go home and i remember like when I decided I was coming home, my wife said, and I always say this also, is that the best decisions that you make always started with a no. Because my wife said to me, she goes, I said, well, what am I going to do when I come back? To I was going to say, so is she already a teacher now? She was a teacher. So she's she a teacher, was, but she, need, she needs her man to come home and, and contribute. And what you have nothing. Right. And I got nothing. I have no job ready. You know, I had some money in the bank and then... Like, what am I going to do? And the first thing she said to me was, matter of fact, we got our, our wedding was at Tacash's up by you. Right by me. Yeah, right by you. So, uh, and it was awesome. It was outside. We had a great day. But anyway, I said, like, what am I going to do? And she goes, why don't you start a DJ business? And I Come said, on. absolutely. I said, absolutely not. Come on. No that was <laughs> I said, no way. This is, this is like, I'm not getting exposed. You know, I'm I, 
you know, I'm I just did a fail, Mark. I, I'm gonna like now people are gonna be buying me, you know, like that's you know, funny. Like, craziness. Like Stu, I was acting like an idiot. So then after so after we got married, I mean, I mean we came back from our honeymoon and uh we went down to this place and bought the equipment. And I said, you know, we'll try it. And I I a friend of mine had it, uh uh, my friend Jack, he, I bought his old mixer, stuff like that. I really had no idea what I was doing. But as soon as the songs came on, I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. This is so much fun. So much fun. So I said, you know, this will do it. And my buddy Paul Stefani calls me. He goes, oh, you started a DJ business. And my, my son's going to be five years old. I said, oh, we want you to DJ the party. So I DJ the party. Is that your first gig? That was my first gig. And I still see him. He's 27 or something like that right now. Right. No, he's he's almost 30 years old. So uh, I think it was four-year-old or three-year-old because I'm 24 years old. He's like 27. I mean, 24 years. So he's like 27. So is this like 1990 no. or something? Where are we at now? 1998. This is 1998. So, so there's, there's... July, July 31st, 1998. So there's there's no there's no there's no yeah. Spotify. You're still spinning no. discs. You're spinning CDs. CDs. I got CDs from this place down in Wilkesbury. It was the it was called the Platinum Series. <laughs> and I remember like doing my first wedding. They're like asking me for this song that was on Led Zeppelin's album. So I would have you to. You gotta run. have it. How do you, you can't you have everything have, back then? You gotta have it. So you went up and you bought the album. Oh man! You know, for one song it was nuts, or the CD for one song, which was crazy. I spent so much money on it, like, like I was made. But anyway, going back to it, it was the next day. My brother Pat, God bless his soul, was where he was the bartender at at Whistles, and this this was on a Friday. Saturday, he calls me and he goes, uh, "The owner, Danny, just said, hey, Pat, isn't your brother DJing now?'" Our band canceled tonight. There's my another second, gig. The gigs are piling up. Now my second gig said, and it's packed, Joe. It's packed. And I'm I got this five. I had no idea what I was doing. I had this five disc changer. It was like it was like I was like dead air DJs. I was like in yeah, between. What, some, I, what, I, what I'm wondering is number one. Um, are you a music guy? Like, are you that guy who knows you hear that you hear a chord and you know what band it is, you know, or no? Uh, I used to be now with the newer stuff. No, but back then where you knew your stuff, if someone yeah, said, I yeah, want, yeah, I want, yeah, I, want uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty good at it. I was okay. Pretty good at it. So if someone I says, I want Devo, you're going to go get with it. You, you just, you're yeah. right there. Yep. I love and I like that song with it. And, and the other and thing I, is, were you like a different kind of DJ? Were you all uh, character and performance? Well, what I knew about the DJs back then, no one performed. Everyone was just sitting back there playing their music. When you, when I, when yes. I went to a place, I sang and I danced. Yes. I would teach them the line dances and and uh, I made up my own dance that I. did. When I was in LA, I was doing this. I used to take aerobics with this one guy, and he had this dance that, and there'd be like 70 people in this class. So it, to this day, I still do it. I do it to remember that song, Just Got Paid? Just no. Got Paid. Friday night. No, I don't. Anyway, it was Johnny Gill's song, and then, and then NSYNC redid it. 
So, uh, so I would teach that to everybody and I would have like a hundred people doing this, this line dance. And it was the EJ, the DJ dance, which I stole off the, off my aerobics instructor in LA. Well, well, EJ, if I must say this though, that's your secret weapon because we've all been in front of a DJ who just stands there and spins the disc and, and doesn't say much, but you pump up the crowd. So you're like a, an inspiration and a DJ and you, you're not afraid. The beauty of you though, is you're not afraid to make a fool out of yourself. You don't take not yourself seriously. And that's the problem a lot of other people have. Yeah, it's okay to fail. It's yeah, okay. that's the key right there. Yeah, it, is. it is okay because they're, <laughs> they're like even saying the wrong thing and then you're like, okay, like Rosanna and Rosanna Dan, she'd say the whole wrong thing and then and like my wife would come in and go, you know, you did that whole show and it was like the wrong day. <laughs> okay. Like moving on. Remember Rosanna, Rosanna, Dan, they would she would be so off. off you can't succeed side. unless you fail, man. That's the case. Yes. yes. Why well, don't people realize that? So, so you, yeah, you people, get up one more time, you fall. So people love you because I think you're energetic, you're positive, you're making a fool out of yourself, but you're knowledgeable, you're 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 uh, an inspiration, and that's all combined in your efforts. As soon as you first started doing that. Did you think this is it, man? I know what I want to do or not really? Did it slowly evolve? No. Guess what? Since I've been doing that, doing this, I there's other things that have popped into my mind, but I I truly loved also, and Joe, you know this, you do work for WNEP, but but it is so cool to have your, to run your own business. Oh. You know, it, you're responsible for only me. And it's not like somebody coming down on you. Like the only one that'll come down on you is the, is the brides or, 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 but you, but you wait, prepare. Wait, wait, wait. Notice, you, notice you didn't say grooms because it's always the brides. <laughs> I've, I've only had, I've only had one problem once, once in my, and I've probably, Joe, I'm at like a thousand weddings. I've done like a thousand. Yeah. Did the grooms even say anything? <laughs> this, this is my line on the. This is my like. I would deal with the brides for months on the phone, and then they go, you know, well, Jimmy can't make it Tuesday. We would meet before the wedding. Jimmy can't make it Tuesday, and I'd go, why is Jimmy coming? He hasn't done anything for this wedding since <laughs> since he started. Since he put the since he gave you the ring, he has not done one thing towards it. He's gotten up. He's getting the tux on. Let's just face. Let's just get this out there right now. Men really don't want anything to do with a wedding. It's, you know, the whole day is just a waste. I don't want anything to do with weddings. The women have to understand that. Like, I, 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 and I said to the girl, I said, did he get the flowers too? <laughs> like, he didn't get the flowers. So, well, he does like some songs. And, and my brother Pat was so funny with this. Like, like he loved to play hip hop in, 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 in 70s and dance great dance music at weddings right and i go i'd say pat they like country he goes guess what ej they're gonna like hip-hop <laughs> 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 like dance music so now that you're doing this for a living uh could you explain quickly to someone like me who the life of a dj i would think is it weekends only is it sometimes you don't work at all on a weekend i mean it well, doesn't uh, seem like a full-time well, gig it, it, it is, believe it or not, it is. I mean, you're on the phone all the time, and, and uh, uh, I was going, especially in June. I could have 
because I have other guys that work for me now. Right. Uh, in June, I could have 40 gigs. In June. And there's only 30 days. So figure that out. We can have three weddings on a Saturday. And then during the week we have, uh, okay, honey. Uh, we have like an elementary school. We have, we have, uh, like their their field days, like Lakeland. I think you saw me up at Lakeland. Your wife, I, I used to go to the Lakeland. She probably hired you for that game. Yeah, she probably did. Yeah, and then she told me, and she told me to show up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- <laughs> yeah you did. You came. You came once or twice. We were down at a Montdale Country Club down in the down in the bottom down there. That's where they would have their their uh, their elementary things. But, now, is your wife? Your wife yelling at you? You got to go soon. You got another. Yeah, I got. I got to go up there, but I did want you to check into Charlie Chaplin's body. Okay. Which is another movie that I did, and you could go on YouTube, and that that I'm the lead. In. And it's a short. Give us your and, movies right now. Give us a couple movies. We can check um, this out. Uh, the Mar- uh, Sliding Home. Sliding oh, you home. can just Google EJ Dewar. No, you okay. Know, you, you do it, and it'll tell you the films. But um, but there's a scene in in um in that I'm most proud of in uh, in Charlie Charlie Chaplin's body, and uh, and I have this real long monologue that that I loved, and uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But Jeff Bohm was the director of that, and he did a great, great job. Well, it sounds like he had a rich history, and you continued to inspire. And I coach, quickly, I coach high school softball. Uh, I coach high school softball at West Manton High School. You still got it. Yeah, we have five, five, I'm there for five years. Last year, we won our first district championship in, in school history. We, we went all the way to the state finals. We went to final four, and... We open our regular season today against Scranton High School. Woo! I bet you a bunch I of text messages. If the fields are ready, I bet you I can beat you in home run derby. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, I like. Hey, before we leave, give go go ahead. Give your plug if anyone wants to uh, contact you. What do they have to do? Uh, you just give me a call. You know what? Not many people do this because somebody asked me for Snedeker's phone number once, and I, and here's another thing that I do because I have. I have friends that are like, don't like to, anything. Like my buddy that, with the Boston Red Sox, he has tickets and all that. So I'll always say, somebody, like, as soon as we end up, as soon as we end up today, they're going to go. They're going to go. Somebody go, hey, do you have Joe Snedeker's phone number? And I go, here's, here's what I tell them. I go, me and Joe had, me and Joe had a phone call. So well, he changed his number. You know? We have two I, burners. I was, we have burners. Yeah. <laughs> No, but if, if someone wants to contact me, uh, EJ the DJ, EJ Dewar at 570 815 4822. And, and Joe, thank you so much, man. And how about you're on the uh, you're on the Facebook, you're on social media, uh, you're Facebook all over the place. Under EJ Dewar. Uh, I did that show for a hundred straight days during the pandemic. My kids came out and danced, and it was it was such a great time. You did it during was. the pandemic, you kept everyone entertained. Yeah. I love it. And we also raised, we also raised with the match of uh, Bernie Honda. I did in front of my house. I did a drive-by for the. Uh, I did a, a drive-by in front of my house, and we put buckets out there, and we did my live show out there, and we raised twenty-five thousand. I saw we some raised, of those. It was excellent. That's why you have to end this right now. Twenty-five thousand dollars. Do a ten-second. Uh, Thirty-five thousand. Do it. Thirty-five thousand. Do a ten-second goodbye song and dance. Here we go. Ten seconds worth. Ten seconds. I think you got to put the hat on and dance around. It's got to be done. <laughs> if you're not watching the hat is on and here comes his song and dance sing us out brother nothing copywritten 
<laughs> Nothing copywritten. It's got to be totally original. Oh. Um, EJ, the DJ. I'm known as a body rocker. I got more mixed than Benny Crocker. <laughs> Cherry on top, lemon in the tea. I got more spice than Chef Boy or D. <laughs> EJ, the DJ. <laughs> All right, peace out, brother. <laughs> Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.